right, welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome back to our next episode, our next part. We're continuing our series of Berkshire Hathaway's annual meetings back in 2003, May of 2003, our Q&As. And so I'm going to just jump right into this, save us some time and me blabbing about and deductions of what we're doing. You should already know what we're doing. And so we're at question 18, and this is from the audience. The question is about U.S.-China geopolitical tensions. Now, from Brookshire Hathaway's meeting in May to now, there's a lot that's occurred. Now, we're at the time of this recording, we're at the tail end of the year. We're in November. So from May to now, there's a lot that's happened. But let's find out what Munger and Charlie, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett have to say. So Munger starts off with says, we should have a lot of free trade with China in our mutual interest. Think of what Apple has done by engaging in a partnership with China as a big supplier. Everything that increases the tension between the two countries is stupid, stupid, stupid. Now, I have I have a comment on this, but I want to see what Buffett says. You have the two superpowers of the world. They know they have to get along with each other. Either one can destroy the other and they are going to be competitive with each other. All right. So I have a different take on this. And I agree with what they're saying. But the reality is, is that they're only a superpower because we have used them and have as a supplier of what Munger say is that, hey, they're a great partnership. They're a great supplier. They're a big supplier. Well, China wants to be more than a supplier. And they're only a supplier because we need them to supply to us. And we need them to supply to us because they have cheaper labor. Okay. So it's our own greed. It's our own desire for uh, being able to be- get a better profit that we partner up with China because they have more cheap labor than anyone else. They don't have restrictions on their air quality like we do in the U.S. They don't have unions in China. They're a communist country, period. They are not a partner. They are not a friend. We only have mutual interests because we care about making products and goods and services at a lower cost so you and I can consume them without spending more and more money. That's it. It's our own first world problem of greed and pride. Plain and simple. Okay. You can disagree. I honestly, I don't care, but that's the reality is. And so they now want to be more. They want to be more. And so they want to be more because we are telling them you're just a supplier. You're just cheap labor to us. Stay in line. And they want to be different. Okay. Now, do I agree with that mentality? It's our own fault. They're a communist country. We don't align with anything other than they have cheap labor and they want to make money and they want to become a superpower. They want to place at the table. That's the only reason why we are in communication with them. That's it. We would be better off better off continuing our relations 
with Mexico, South America, Central America, and the and and Mexico. We would. It, the, the continent's connected. There's no ocean to go over. Insurance costs would be lower. It trains uh, and infrastructure is very simple. It allows these countries to have have their people have ability to have a better lifestyle so they don't have to come across and immigrate to the U.S. They have money and jobs where they're at. We should be spending time in those countries, building up those countries, helping them to understand, ridding the country of the crime and what they are offering. But instead, we have made it a, a mission of ours to just go in path of least resistant and go to China. And this now the path isn't resi- uh, least resistant anymore. Okay. So now that's why we have tensions. So my opinion for whatever it's worth, but, but Charlie, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett are looking at it from a perspective of, Hey, we own a lot of businesses. We have billions of dollars. It's in our best interest and our shareholders best interest for the two kids to get along on the playground. I don't disagree, but I disagree. So, all right, let's go to a qu- next question. This is quick. Why did Brookshire sell 5 billion of Taiwan semiconductors within a few months of buying it? Buffett says, well, Taiwan Semiconductors is one of the best managed and important companies in the world. And I think you will be able to say the same thing in 5, 10, 20 years. I don't like its location. I feel better about the capital that we have deployed in Japan than Taiwan. What he's saying is just the opposite of what the previous question of, hey, let's get along with China. He doesn't like the location because China wants to take him over. But Taiwan semiconductors, what are they doing? They're building facilities in other areas of the world, including Texas. Well, what will happen then? Why do you think Taiwan Semiconductors is doing that? Well, maybe because of this. Maybe because of this right here. I don't know. That's a great great question. So what, what do you think? What do you think? Next question from the audience. A shareholder quotes Ben Graham and asks, what is your 100-year vision of Brookshire? Now, Ben Graham is basically the mentor of uh, Warren Buffett and kind of really what Warren has built his entire life career around Ben Graham's basics. And so Buffett praises Ben Graham's 1949 book, right? Munger goes on to say, more than half of Ben Graham's investment return in his whole life came from one growth stock, Geico, which is currently owned by Brookshire. Buffett goes on to say, the willingness to act when you need to act and the willingness to ignore every salesman in the world and it's imperative to ignore them. And it's one or two things that make the right decision. If you make the right decision on a spouse, you have won the game. The thing to do is just keep trying to think things through and not do too many stupid things. And sooner or later, you have the Lollapalooza, as Charlie would say. So this is a good good thing. So, you know, I doesn't answer the question of your 100-year ver- vision of Brookshire, but it, it does in the sense of we've already answered that question with how we do business. 
right? Our vision is we keep buying good businesses. We keep taking care of our shareholders and we look for relationships that will, that will last 10 to 40 years. And we're going to make decisions. We're going to try to eliminate and ignore the outside noise salesmen in the world. And we're going to try to ignore it so we can make right decisions. And those right decisions will help us win the game. And we will make stupid decisions. We will do stupid things, but hopefully we learn from them and don't do them again. Life lesson right there. Okay, next question comes from Quick. Car manufacturers, such as Tesla and GM, are offering insurance to purchasers of electric vehicles. What will Geico do to compete? So Jane jumps in and says, Geico is talking to a number of original equipment manufacturers, as well as to try and see how best they can work with them to offer insurance at a point of sale. There have not been many success stories. Data needs to be collected on the driver, not just the car. All right. This is fantastic. I love this. So I'm going to go back through the the next Buffett. Jane and Buffett have two more. And then after this, I'm going to dive into what I think he's saying. But let's see what Buffett says. Buffett says, this is not a new idea. It is hard to come up with something that is better at matching risk to price, which is what very smart people at Progressive and Geico are doing. Uber lost a lot of money trying to do this. Jane goes on and says, the margins are writing auto insurance are 4%, which is a very small number. Buffett goes on to say, State Farm entered car insurance in 1920 and created a system where it took 20 points out of cost. It now has more than more net worth other than Brookshire in anyone else in the industry. All right. So here's what I think Jane's saying. So let me go back to Jane's first answer to the question. Let's let me repeat the question. Car manufacturers, Tesla and GM, are offering insurance to purchasers of electric vehicles. What will Geico do to compete? Jane said Geico is talking to a number of original equipment manufacturers as well to try and see how best they can work with them to offer insurance at the point of sale. There have not been many success stories. Data needs to be collected on the driver, not just the car. All right. So what he's saying is that, hey, these companies are insuring the car, but we insure the driver and the car which is what normal auto insurance does, right? What's your driving record? What kind of car do you have? And that dictates. Tesla and GM, the electric vehicles have not been around a long time. And the point of insurance is to have data. Data needs to be collected. The economies of scale, the spread of risk, the understanding of data, what will happen with drivers in electric cars makes a big deal. You can insure a car, but it's the driver that drives the car. Okay. Now, here's the thing where I think what will happen is Brookshire Hathaway also owns reinsurance companies. These are insurance companies that insure insurance companies. So I could easily see that Brookshire Hathaway comes in and says, hey, okay, time out. All right. So if you're going to go ahead and offer insurance, why don't we create some reinsurance to cover your loss? So you cover this first amount. You guys insure up to an X amount of dollars and anything above and beyond that will come and insure and protect your risk. I see that happening, which will be very, very lucrative and profitable for Berkshire Hathaway. That's probably actually what's happening and it's going to happen moving forward. But again, my opinion. So the next question from the audience, will institutions have voting control of Brookshire in the future or get their way with the ESG checkboxes? 
Buffett says, the large funds have backed off a lot. Here's your answer. I'm not sure if that's an answer of, other than saying, eh, we're not worried about them right now. <laughs> but, but moving on to the next question. Quick, will Greg be making share repurchase decisions in the future? Buffett, Greg will be doing this in the future. Abel joins in. Welcome to the party, Abel. We will use the same framework in the future as in the past. Buffett adds, grow present businesses. I'm not sure what that means. Grow present businesses by additional businesses. Oh, grow the present businesses by additional businesses. That's what they've done. Make decisions on dividends. What that decision becomes irrevocable because you do not cut dividends without having a major effect on your shareholder base. If you have ample capital and you are not using it otherwise and your stock is attractive, repurchasing it enhances the intrinsic value of the remaining shareholders. If the price is above intrinsic value, do not repurchase it. So this is an interesting question. Let's dive into this a little bit more. Remember, this not investment advice. This is all just educational information. Will Greg's going to be making decisions in the future about what Warren and, and Charlie may be doing right now? But what they're saying is that we're going to do the same thing moving forward in the future as we've done in the past. Why would we change it? We're killing it. We're doing a great job over here, right? And if we're doing a great job over here, why in the world would we try to change what we're doing a great job of? Makes sense. Now, what Buffett says is that here's, here's the formula. Pretty easy. We have businesses now. Let's grow them. When we bring on additional businesses, let's make sure they grow like our present businesses. Now, when it comes to dividend, what he's saying is that you can look at 2008 as a great example of a lot of dividend-paying companies, because of the financial crisis, decisions that were made in those companies dropped their dividend. Buffett's saying, hey, time out. If you're going to do a dividend, don't drop it. Because it's going to have an effect on your share price, which it affects the valuation of your business, meaning capital, which means you have less capital to grow your business. Okay, they're dominoes. So if you say you're going to pay a dividend, pay a dividend you can always pay. Good and bad times. Okay, because when you you break your word and you no longer pay a dividend, people bought your stock because of the dividend. Not all people, but some people have. When you don't have the dividend, they're in a position where they have to sell the stock decreases the valuation, lowers the capital because you have less capital and you can't go buy, grow and buy additional businesses, okay? So there's a very, very good lesson here to learn. All right, let's see here. Audience, Charlie, do you still think people who refuse a COVID vaccine were really massively stupid? Munger, yes. Well, we're gonna have to agree to disagree, my friend, because quite honestly, you're saying something you don't understand. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. All right, quick. Once the second men are running Brookshire, meaning that not Munger or Buffett, their predecessors, or not their predecessors, yeah, their replacements, if you will, to the next generation. Once the second men are running Brookshire, what would you advise owners of Brookshire to watch for? Specifically, what actions if taken should give us concern? Well, 
I, I don't think that's a very intelligent question. But Buffett goes to, on to say, what else is he going to say? I feel 100% comfortable with Greg. He is inheriting a good business, and I think he will make it better. It's hard to judge successor management in a really good business. Hard to argue, right? He's in a position, and we've been training him. He's been sitting side by side with us. He's been with us for years. He sees the valuation. We see him. We've been in relationship for a long time. He, he's not an idiot, or he wouldn't be here. Because he's not an idiot, he's just going to keep doing what we've done. Because he's been involved in the process of doing what we've been doing, and he's going to keep doing it. So that's why I don't think the, the, the question is a very good question or intelligent question, just for the fact that you don't really understand Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and how they're running their business. Uh, and that's okay. You don't have to understand that. But the reality and the real basis is, of this is that this is how they run their business. Very, very, very smart. So thanks so much for joining me. Look forward to the next episode. Hopefully this is helpful. Add some comments and give me some thumbs up and some feedback as to if this is if this is something that you're getting value from. I've committed to all 48 questions. So I'm going to go through all 48 questions I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. So hopefully you keep with me and we go through this and hopefully we all learn something from this. I'm learning a ton. So if anything, I'm getting a lot out of this. And so hopefully you are as well. See you the next time. Bye-bye. All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. 